Hello, Internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of the Nemesis Project, where we go through all the Resident Evil games and we talk about them because we're Resident Evil fanatics. And yeah, so we are on Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Uh, I am Joe Dubs with. And I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I'm kidding. I'm Zach. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know last episode I said Will was going to be on here and we were going to talk about Resident Evil 3, but, you know, life gets in the way sometimes and life is a bitch. So he had to do some work stuff and, uh, it's, you have me and Zach, you have the, the original two, the, I'm trying to think of a wrestling, wrestling term here, but the Rockers, Shawn Michaels, Janetti, Heart, Fa Heart Foundation. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll be Jim, uh. And you'd be uh, Brett. <laughs> yes. If anybody's know, we're, we're, we're wrestling fans. If you d didn't catch that from the Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Damn it. But, uh, yeah. So we're going to go d deep dive into Resident Evil 3. Last episode, we did the Resident Evil 2 remake. Just because we did Resident Evil 2 and I wanted to do the remake side by side. So that we didn't do it later. Um... Let's get into the first section, which is stars. Um, we're going to do the development of Resident Evil 3. I was reading on Wikipedia that they were thinking about having a, a uh, cruise liner and have Hunk on it, <laughs> apparently. And the general plot, plot was, you know, after Hunk got the sample of the G-Virus, he was supposed to bring it back. Uh, but Capcom realized that it would take forever and it wouldn't be in time. So what they did was cancel the game. And I thought that was pretty interesting because the, uh, it had all the directors and all the people that were doing Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2. And because they had to cancel the game, they kind of had to hand it off to another person with another team. And uh, did, did you hear about this? Yeah, I actually read about it not that long ago. Uh, I, what apparently what really happened was like they were they were intending to just develop it for PlayStation, and then the PS2 got announced, and they're like, "Shit!" Because <laughs> yeah, they re they realized oh, it's not going to be finished in time, and then the PS2 is going to come out, and it's just going to feel kind of like, uh, "Why did we even bother?" Mm -hmm. So yeah, they did cancel it, and. That team, the I guess most of the original team went on to work on Code Veronica, mm -hmm. and then Hideki Kamiya's team. They had three teams working. They were working on Resident Evil Four for PS2, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and then that, that turned into Devil May Cry, apparently. And then you had this team. Yeah, which uh, the director, because Kazuharo. Oyama. I don't know how to fucking say shit. <laughs> but uh, he was a director. And uh, reading from Wikipedia, the spinoff was originally intended to introduce a new character who would have to escape from an infected Raccoon City, which is true. How however, the promotion Capcom decided to that Resident Evil protagonist would be Jill Valentine and Raccoon City would be destroyed. And I think that was a good decision because if they would, I, I I think it would have been great if now like uh, in 2019 that they did choose another character during that time period would be pretty cool, but 
coming off of the high of Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2, if they would have done a new character, I don't know how that would be. Because people are probably wondering, you know, what Chris Redfield is doing, what is Jill Valentine doing. Uh, obviously what Leon and Claire, which we do kind of get later down the road with what Leon's doing in Resident Evil 4 and what Claire did in Code Veronica. So, I think it was a safe but good bet to have Jill Valentine as the protagonist. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I agree with that pretty much because... Um... Uh, yeah, if they, I, I think if they did go with a new character, it'd kind of take a little wind out of the sails for that one. Mm-hmm. And they don't really go, like, they talk about having the 2D pre-rendered backgrounds, obviously, uh, in that game, you could tell. Um, but nothing else that was kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, I would have I liked that they took the hunk uh, portion of what they were making uh way back when and put that in the demo but i say that for every fucking episode i noticed i was like oh man i wish that was uh playable and i think there is some mods out there that have the source code of some of these games i know there's resident Evil 1.5 out there somewhere and i know um there there is fan made one where they have resident evil 2 you play as ada wong the in-betweens where you don't see her like you know where she gets the rocket launcher and drops it off the leon people actually made that shit it's 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 canon from the books and the comics and stuff but like they obviously you know uh edit it so it's their view but it's interesting any other thing did you find out about the the development of resident evil 3 or did uh no, not really. Other than that, this time it was actually pretty clean because uh, I don't think they really got too far in their initial idea. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it was still pretty much pre-production. They probably have some art for it stuff, but as far as I know, there was never any actual code for this. And then the other idea, again, I think was like pre-production, and they're just like, well, let's just do Jill, okay? And then they just went forward after that. Mm-hmm. I wish they had more of Raccoon City, but I think we'll get that in the the remake <laughs> when that comes out. The three make. Yeah, they should name it that. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's gonna call it that. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be the, like their sub name. All right, let's move on. So, what is new compared to uh, with Resident Evil Three compared to one and two? Well, we did say that there, there is the pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff. Uh, they ed- was this the first time they added a dodge button on uh, the Resident Evil game? Yep, this was the first one, and the quick turn. Mm-hmm. The quick turn, and, and going up the stairs just by like running into the stairs instead of pushing a button. Oh yeah, instead of getting that, you know, clicking a button, you have to go to another screen where you see you going up the stairs. That was so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I remember back then when uh, I played Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2, I was like, come on, man, this is so annoying. But, In Resident Evil 1, it's like painstakingly slow, too. They like stomp up and down the stairs. like. And when you're backtracking, it's so like tedious. But you, 
now as you're older, you're understanding, hey, that's pretty much a loading screen for the next area that they're pre-rendering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what else was different is that you get to make bullets, if I'm correct. Like you have a bullet maker. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you use the reloading tool and you get different, well, three different gunpowders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was new. Um, trying to think what else, uh, they had new puzzles, obviously. The puzzles were, I, I think the puzzles, puzzles were a lot harder in Resident Evil 3 compared to 2 and 1. What do you think about that? They are, and there's one specifically I don't like in this game. Not because it's, like, just dumb, kind of like the, the block puzzle in Resident Evil 2's remake where you get the scissors. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what? Okay. But. <laughs> Uh, no, there's one at the end of the game I don't really like. <laughs> I hate the the music notes one. I, I I don't know why. Like it's not hard, but it's annoying. And if you're not doing the right notes and shit, you just I, I'm just bad at puzzles, guys. <laughs> Let me just throw <laughs> that out there. Uh, it, it's annoying and. What I find funny is that today I'm so used to just easy mode in every game that comes out these days. Like, when I go back to play these Resident Evil puzzle games, I feel so stupid. <laughs> it's causing your skill to degenerate playing all these new games. Mm-hmm. Because they, they hold your hand in uh, these games. They go, oh, we see your... Uh... Even in the, the Resident Evil 2 remake, they say, hey, we see you're dying a lot. Do you want to switch to easy mode? And I usually say, no, <laughs> I ain't no bitch. <laughs> this shit's funny, yeah, because you feel like the game's insulting you. It's not, but you, you take it as one because you played games from before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Um, trying to think what else was different. I mean, they had more assault rifles. Uh, if you play on, I think it's easy mode on Resident Evil 3, you get a, <laughs> you get a fucking automatic rifle uh, right out of your apartment building. Yeah, you get an M4, <laughs> which when you play as Carlos, even if you play him in hard, he has it anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's some new guns. There's some new rounds for some guns. And uh, oh yeah, on that puzzle real quick, just just decide that puzzle I don't like. It's like this weird oil pressure puzzle at the end of the game. It's like in the factory area. Oh yeah, I've seen you play it. <laughs> oh my, like it's so obtuse. It's so hard to figure out what you're supposed to do. It takes you like five minutes to do that. And I'm like, I'm not really a dummy when it comes to puzzles. I played like old adventure games and shit. So I'm used to like weird obtuse kind of puzzles and solutions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what the hell? It took me like five or 10 minutes to actually figure out what I was supposed to do, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> oh, and what was different between, uh, well, not really different, because Resident Evil 2, they kind of, like, I guess beta tested it a little bit. Um, with In Resident Evil 2 1998, the Mr. X was chasing you th throughout the uh, police station. Uh, but in Resident Evil 3, uh, Nemesis was always chasing you throughout the whole game. Um, mm -hmm. And he was different compared to Mr. X. Mr. X was more of a you know, slow walk, and he would do like a fast walk to try to punch you. And Nemesis has a fucking rocket launcher, and he's running after you. So mm -hmm. He was... can like throw you, and it stuns you and stuff, and you have to get up. It's just harder to deal with him. Yeah, and uh, Mikami says uh, that 
the Capcom team who created this uh, were inspired by Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, they wanted to have that, like, the, the liquid metal T-1000 as, like, the nemesis guy. It's kind of cool. It, it kind of makes sense because that's how it is. Every time you think that you're safe and then all of a sudden nemesis, nemesis comes in, uh, he chases you. And you're always on edge every time because, like, now, obviously, we know when he comes so it's like, oh, here comes with Nemesis. This is where I'm gonna, you know, fight him and stuff. And then, oh yeah, what's up? I was saying yeah, because they they also have the music cue. You'll go in an area, mm-hmm. and you'll hear like that that really low kind of droning music, and it has like that uh, string section. Yes, <laughs> you know he's coming, but you don't ever know where. Sometimes he'll just drop from the sky or he'll like <laughs> jump through a window or he'll just round a corner all of a sudden full speed or you'll just get shot by a rocket out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you'd be in a room and then all of a sudden he'd jump from the ceiling and I'm like, dude, this this room is so small. You didn't see like a big ass nemesis like <laughs> hiding on the ceiling. No, yeah, that happened to me too, I think, in my playthrough. I was walking around somewhere and he just dropped down in front of him like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's going to be insane on the Resident Evil 3 remake on having this thing chasing you. Like, like you said before, people were bitching about Mr. X chasing you and stuff. It's like, you know where he's going, you hear the footsteps. But now if Resident Evil, if Nemesis is going to be chasing you, you, it's going to, that, the anxiety is going to be way up with him chasing you. People that complain about Mr. X and 2, Remake 2, mm-hmm. never played Resident Evil 3. I stand by that statement. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just don't know. Yeah. And uh, what's different in Resident Evil 3 uh, is that they have like a... You get to choose what you want to do. Like when Nemesis comes in the courtyard... You can either run away and go to the police station, or you can stay and fight him. And if you stay and fight him, you get items. Uh, I remember watching... I never fought him because I was scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I fought him once, and then you get like items for like guns and stuff. I think you get parts, correct? <clears throat> yeah, that's in hard mode. You get, you get gun parts. In easy, I don't know that he drops anything in easy. It's either he doesn't, or he just drops ammo, I think. Yeah, I've always got ammo, so I think that's what it is. I tried hard mode once, and with Nemesis <laughs> always trying to fuck you, uh, I just I couldn't do it because I'm like, God damn it, I'm just not that good. But I, I've i been playing hard mode lately, and I'm slowly getting through it. <laughs> At times, I'm like, oh my god, I can't beat him and shit, and I'm always like restarting my save point. It can get rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. I I remember watching you that one time where uh, you're in the police station, uh, right by the save point, the the dark room. Yeah. And you're like, I I want to beat him, and it just took you like twenty tries. It took me like three or four tries, I think, before I killed him. I think it was four. Mm-hmm. And it was just like I, I knew I could do it, but I had so f- limited supplies because it was still early in the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know I could do it. I've done it before. Uh, so I'm just, I, I kept trying it. That happened to me a couple times in that playthrough. There was another spot, I think, where I knew I could kill him, but I died a couple times. But I got I got him that time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so that was pretty much different. Um, there is different enemies. They have uh, a liquor that looks like a spider. Uh, yeah. They have three different types of hunters. I don't remember in one. I think there was just a super hunter, right, in Resident Evil 1? Uh, it depends on the version you play. Because, um, like, if it's just the PS1 version, they just have regular hunters. Mm-hmm. But if you play the Saturn version, there's like these weird brown looking hunters on top of the green ones. And <laughs> they make, they make different sounds and shit. And like, I, I can't tell that they do any more damage or anything. They just look, they're slightly smaller and they make a different sound. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They have, you know, they have the, in this one, they have the similar zombies, zombie dog, spiders, crow, uh, they have this drain demos thing that kind of looks like a hunter with <laughs> it looks like a deformed hunter it's like green and has like four fucking arms i like the frog hunters cuz you're just so ridiculous mm-hmm. the best the best part about them is when they kill you they eat you yeah <laughs> they swallow you whole that's just ridiculous <laughs> fucking frog hunters uh and then there was like a worm uh grave digger uh, not yeah. as Zach said off uh, recording. Not the monster truck. <laughs> no, not not the legendary monster truck. That'd be funny if you fought a monster truck in Resident Evil. <laughs> Nemesis is driving the grave digger and he runs you over. Yep, just like Hulk Hogan, <laughs> <laughs> brother. Somebody uh, get help! <laughs> you pushed him off. <laughs> Sorry, that's just a random wrestling reference. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there was a few changes and bosses and stuff, but nothing nothing outrageous. I, I'm trying to think of more things to say. Um, did we hit all the high notes pretty much on what was different? What's different? Um, yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess the, the, only, diff- the only other small difference is the hard mode. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like... Japan's kind of notorious for doing this. When they'll make games, they'll make them harder for the Amer- the Western audiences. And I think in the Japanese version of Resident Evil 3, there was like a normal mode. And I don't think they had hard mode. Mm-hmm. So they had easy and normal. When it comes here, brother, it's easy and it's hard. There's no fucking in between. <laughs> and hard is hard. It's probably one of the harder games you can play in terms of just it being difficult. Not unfair. Difficult. Or, like, some things, like, in Code Veronica where you can, like, accidentally fuck yourself because you left an item somewhere and you have to start over. It's just a hard game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, like I said, this is the first time I'm playing Hardbone, and it's no joke. Compared to, compared to Resident even, like, Resident Evil 2 Remake, like, uh, hardcore mode is just, like, it's nothing compared to Resident Evil 3 hard mode at all. It's not because <laughs> you got to fight cameras and bosses. <laughs> the camera, the camera system was still the fixed camera angle. And uh, they kind of fixed the the tank mode where they just added a quick turn and a dodge mode. So that, you know, made it better. Jill's a little bit more maneuverable than this. There's, mm. The dodge mechanic does work. People complain about it's inconsistent, but 
I pulled off chains where I kept dodging because it was like, it's yeah, it pretty much works that way. You press the button right before you get hit and she'll dodge. <laughs> oh, there's no scenarios, by the way. That's different. Yeah, yeah no scenario AB, no... Uh, <clears throat> no Jill no. Chris. No, which is, uh, I think that's... Uh, part of where this game takes a hit for me a little bit is I feel like it loses replay value compared to two. Mm -hmm. But so after, after you get through that game, you're just like, you take a deep breath and you're like, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to play it again until years later. <laughs> I get, I mean, I, I still like to play it, but like, I, I play mercenaries and stuff too. But yeah, it's just like in terms of the, the main game and then is there more to do? Would you Can you go back again? Uh not really. Uh, there's more to that, but like that's later on in the video, I think, mm -hmm. <laughs> or the recording, I should say. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's move on. Um, kind of a quick mention because there's nothing really to talk about. We just like to talk about it real quick. But the voice acting, um, getting a little better, but it's still on the same level as uh, one. Well, I'll, I'll say it's on the same level as two. One was just terrible, but funny terrible. Um, Resident Evil 3, you could tell that they're trying. Uh, I just fucking hate Carlos's voice. <laughs> this is like a generic Spanish person. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's terrible. Is it my accent? It drives them crazy. It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, like, Nikolai and shit, and he's, you know, the Russian and stuff. Like, again... Voice acting is terrible. Um, I don't think there was any stories and stuff that were big, like Resident Evil 1, where you have Inez and uh, Barry Burton and all that stuff. They just... Who was Jill Valentine in Resident Evil 3? Huh. Uh, a lady called Catherine Disher, and apparently she did TV work and I think some voiceover work before, so again, they hired an actual professional to play the main character, and I was going to say, I thought she did a good job, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, what I think that was bad was Carlos, the fucking guy in the warehouse, was terrible. I ain't going no, in. I like him. Oh, no. Yeah. He sounded legit. Like, he sounded like he was legitimately driven insane, and he was just so fucking angry and pissed off. <laughs> I believed it. I ain't going out there with you. <laughs> How dare you tell me to go back outside? <laughs> leave me alone! He's, like, freaking out. I'm like, God damn. He locks himself in a fucking truck. That guy should have like been in the game more. I don't know. I just I really like that dude's performance. I think what would have been really funny is like halfway in the game, uh, <laughs> he's like, I couldn't take it anymore in that warehouse, and then Nemesis just breaks through a wall and kills him. <laughs> he like choke slams him into a dumpster or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then you like you hear him, you're like, Yes, see, and then you hear a snap, and he's <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> Brad was okay, actually. Now that I think about it, he was okay. Mm -hmm. I think Brad was, like, one of the good... Brad and Jill, I think, were good. Uh, Carlos and Nikolai, I was like, ah. It really... And you know yeah, what? I'll... You know what's funny? Like, Code Veronica got better, and then... Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a lateral move, I think. Yeah, but then when they get to Survivor... <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until... I love that game. Wait until we get to that game. I think we're going to have fun with that game. I'm Vincent? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. But, um, 
Any final say on voice acting? Did you any funny lines that you thought was good in there or good lines that were said? The guy, the guy that locks himself in the storage container is awesome. Mm-hmm. His name is Dario Rosso. It's like such a fuck. He's like got this super Italian name, but he's just like I don't know. He sounds like he's from the Midwest. <laughs> uh, well, they are from I, Missouri. That's where it's located, apparently. Oh, uh, is that legit? I never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's supposed to be Midwestern town, but then they say like it, there's mountains. Like I think we brought that up in the stream for the first game, the the vigorous mountain range in Midwest. I'm like, there aren't any mountains in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Japan, <laughs> look at a map. They don't but have time for that. Apparently they don't. But I, I like the storage container guy. I like Jill. I like Brad was uh, good. Brad was he was okay. I like Nemesis. Stars. It's you can't fuck that up. You just <laughs> say like you you say stars and you roar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing else that I, I could think of. Uh, you hit all the high notes where I was. Carlos, every time he talked, I giggled, and you could tell he was trying to flirt with Jill. He's like, "Oh, there's this hot chick holding a weapon. <laughs> Do you want to come with us?" I'm like. <laughs> I, li- I like how she treated him the whole game. She just treated him like he was like a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Like, you- <laughs> because he is. He's like, you work for Umbrella? Ugh. Like- I, like- I like that part where she just fucking slaps the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. When he like- He's like, we're going to die. And she just fucking hauls off and slaps him. And oh, she's yeah. like, get a grip. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, Marriage material. See, Claire is your bay. Jill is my bay. I mean, I, Jill's like close, very close mm-hmm. second. But yeah. And for me, it's Jill, Ada, and then Claire. <laughs> Yours is different. It's probably like Claire, Jill, and other uh, females. Alexia, no. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the clock tower of this podcast. Um, different versions of Resident Evil 3. Now, we were explaining this uh, before, and let me bring it up real quick here, Resident Evil 3, that we have PlayStation 1, uh, PlayStation 3, and PSP Portable. That's because they were in the PlayStation 1 Classic on digital. Uh, It also says here, IBM PC compatible and Microsoft Windows compatible. (laughs) So there was a PC version. Yeah, which I didn't know about. Yeah, and then obviously there's Dreamcast and there's Game GameCube. Um, fucking, I I have GameCube, and um, you played it on Dreamcast, if I'm correct, on stream. Yeah, I streamed it on Dreamcast, but I also own it on PS One. What did you like better? What do you, What do you thought ran better? Should I oh, say? Uh, Everything was better on the Dreamcast, honestly. Uh, there was just a couple slight differences I noticed. Um, I noticed for whatever reason they cut out uh, one line of dialogue. Just one line of dialogue in the whole game. Which one? To PS1. It actually has to do with the guy that locks himself in the storage container. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, like, he yells at you in that in that scene where you finally gain control of Jill again after the, the intro. And... Um, if you try to 
uh, press action like on the storage container after he locks himself in, he rants at you some more. Mm-hmm. And he actually sounds like a crazy person. <laughs> and then in the Dreamcast version, they just cut it out. Nothing happens. That's dumb. It, it's weird. Like I, I think it was just an oversight because uh, uh, the other thing I noticed was that the CGI cutscenes in the game on Dreamcast, for whatever reason, looks like the gamma levels are screwed up in them or something. Or they didn't transfer right. It's weird. Especially because the RE2 port, uh, its CGI cutscenes are amazing. They're mm-hmm. like, they're full screen and they were like re rendered stuff for it and all that. They look great. Yeah. But... I, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't know. When I, when I see other. I think it's like alien to me. Uh, seeing it on like a Dreamcast, like when I saw you play Resident Evil One uh, on a Saturn, I was like, "This is so alien to me," but it's the same game. <laughs> it's like uh, the Mandela effect <laughs> happened to me uh, with Resident Evil, and I'm like, "I don't remember this in Resident Evil," but. Like the soundtrack you talked about, you know, being different because they remixed it for the the director's cut and all that stuff. So when I when I see something small different about this game, I'm like it's so alien. It's weird. I think you said that you didn't even know there was a Saturn port. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real, but like, um, the Dreamcast isn't too different i mean those are some slight things the bit i really the big thing about it is the um the graphics it it runs at a higher resolution and the backdrops look a lot better in this version of the game and i'm pretty sure the gamecube looks the same mm-hmm. there, there's probably some slight differences between the two of them i know there are and you can nitpick them and try to figure out which one's better like it's kind of a tomato tomato one at that point where you like, oh, I prefer the GameCube. I prefer the Dreamcast. Well, they're both good in their own way, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, the GameCube, uh, if anybody is into retro, if you're looking for GameCube, good luck. They're expensive. <laughs> the Resident Evil Dreamca- are- Dreamcast is expensive too. It's like $50. Yeah, so I guess buy them now before they turn into 100 or 1000 <laughs> right at this rate up yeah so um with the different versions of resident evil 3 uh they have different game modes uh and more costumes i see i never messed with the costumes in resident evil 3 what did they have oh there's a bunch like that's another difference between dreamcast and i think gamecube has it as well and ps1 is all the costumes are unlocked from the get-go Really? Yeah, well, you said you played GameCube, but did it let you pick? No. It did, okay, they're not, then. So the Dreamcast is the only one that has that. Interesting. Yep, it just takes you to a selection screen, and it just shows you all the costumes, which is, there's, like, a bunch of different ones. There's, like, the default. There's one that looks just like the default, except, like, the color scheme changes a little bit. There's one where she's, like, Regina from Dino Crisis. Oh yeah, I remember that one. I saw somebody play it. Um, there's one where she's wearing like a skirt and like a you know a button-up shirt. She looks like a meter maid. <laughs> and uh, there's one where she's wearing like leathers, like she's a biker or some shit. Like she's one of those biker chicks or something. Um, 
what else is there? There's a couple. Of, I think there's one where she's wearing like a pantsuit. It's kind of boring. Uh, there's like 10 or 11 costumes, I think, in this game, though. You can probably find a picture or just show it while I'm talking about this, like in yeah. the video portion. But I'm going to do a slideshow of all the costumes, probably. Yeah. The, I, I kind of like how you accessed it, though, in the PS1 version. I'm going to assume the GameCube does this, too. Because uh, they took this out of Dreamcast, too, I guess. I guess I just realized that. Originally, what you would do is you would beat the game and you would unlock a special key, kind of like in the first game. Mm -hmm. And you could go to this boutique uh, downtown in Raccoon City. It was the only way you could. And it played like this really nice Muzak, (laughs) (laughs) like like you're in an elevator or some shit. Yeah. You had to like go walk through this boutique that's like pristine. This boutique has not been fucked up by all the people panicking and trying to get out of the city. They don't need clothes. <laughs> no, you don't. Nobody cares about clothes. But like you, you walk. You could like walk into different changing. Rooms. Uh, like certain ones are locked and unlocked depending on what you beat. Like if it's easy, you unlock like three or four costumes. If you beat hard, you unlock the other six. You you actually have to beat both modes to unlock all of them. See, games today, game developers, we care about unlockables. So mm-hmm. bring back unlockables you can still have your dlc and your fucking season pass and shit but throw us a bone let us beat something in hard mode or normal and so that we can get unlockables because i miss those in games that's why i love super smash brothers so much because it feels so satisfying when i can unlock characters and and costumes hey remake 2 had a a bunch of unlockables Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why capcom is doing fucking amazing because they're going back on their hardcore people and saying, hey, what do you want? And we go, this is what we want, and that's what we get. <laughs> yep. Listen to the fans. Uh, hard mode exclusive guns. Didn't they have, like, a rocket launcher with Infinity? Um, no. Uh, they had... I think that was something you could unlock from playing Mercenaries mode. Okay. Um, In hard mode, when you... Uh, down Nemesis multiple times he drops different stuff it's not just ammo or first aid sprays he actually drops like gun parts to make like uh, a couple different guns like one is a replacement handgun Mm -hmm. it's called it's like a some kind of like it's got it it looks kind of silly it's like a semi-automatic gun with like a purple grip and it has a scope on it (laughs) it's weird but it shoots really fast. It shoots a lot faster than the standard handgun, and it even has a random headshot element to it if you're shooting zombies. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And then the other one is like this shotgun. It's like an old Western-style lever-action shotgun. It's like the thing Arnold uses in Terminator 2. Yeah, see, they were inspired. <laughs> yeah, that, that might have been on purpose. Probably. It, it's, it's pretty sweet. It shoots faster and everything. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's, I, the only way, that's the only way you can get those guns, though, is to play hard mode. And I really loved how Jill Valentine, like, hold all the guns in that game. I don't know. I'm really weird when it comes to games with with people holding guns, because I'm like, that's how you hold a gun. Not like a fucking gangster and shit. Uh, which, by the way, <laughs> you do that in Resident Evil 2 Remake with uh, one of the pistols. Or yeah, Leon, if he uses the 1911, he shoots it like fucking sideways for some reason it's just that one gun i don't Mm -hmm. get it (laughs) 
And if you get the alternate costume in Resident Evil 2, where he has like a hat and like a tank top, <laughs> he's all fucking gangster like. It's weird. Um, on five dimes, Kennedy, brother. <laughs> the mercenaries. This was the first time they had mercenaries, right? In Resident Evil 3. Yeah, this is the official debut of mercenaries, and it's kind of different. I mean. It is and it isn't different because you're still doing the stuff where like you're killing enemies to increase your time and mm. stuff. But what you're actually trying to do is to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And, uh, there's uh, there's only one mode and this is it. You just the only thing that's different is like what characters you play as, and there's just three. And mm-hmm. it's Carlos, Mikhail, and Nikolai, and that's it. Yeah, and um. You pretty much, uh, I'm really fucking up words here. Mercenaries evolves throughout the Resident Evil in a different way. Like, eventually when online becomes a thing, uh, Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5, you face people, but there's also zombies in it. So, uh, when we get into those Resident Evils, we'll talk about that. Yep. Epilogues. This is where, uh... Refresh my memory on the epilogues. <laughs> I was going to say, I guess you didn't get that many. <laughs> no. So, basically what happened is every time you beat the game, you got a new epilogue for a character in the Resident Evil series that's been in it up to that point. So, you beat it, and I think the first one you get's for Jill. Then you beat it again, and there's one for, like, Chris, and it like, shows you what a little bit of like what, what Chris is doing mm-hmm. post-Resident Evil 1 and 2. I only got the jail one. Yeah. There's one for Barry. Uh, there's one for Hunk, actually. I think it's like one of the last ones. Um, there's more. I, I can't remember all the other ones, but there, there's a lot more. Do you think that they thought that Resident Evil 3 was the final Resident Evil? Like they were only going to do a trilogy? No. because the, Their development process, like reading about it, you could tell that's not what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. They they had three different teams working on Resident Evil, so <laughs> maybe they, maybe they they kind of knew like this is the end story for Barry, Chris, and uh, Hunk and them. I guess maybe I don't know. It's hard. It's hard telling. To me, honestly, the the way it seems like to me, especially going back and reading all these things, it seems to me like they never put that much thought into like how this series is supposed to progress from a story standpoint. It always just seems like to me like they're in the process of like we need another Resident Evil game, and then it's like okay, what's going to happen? And then they kind of haphazardly brainstorm uh, a scenario, and so at some point in that period of time, somebody tells them that's not good enough, and then they change it, mm-hmm. or something happens and it forces them to change it. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> like. I think of Resident Evil 1 through 3 as, like, um, the old Star Wars, you know, uh, New Hope and all that. And then they were like, well, we need to discuss things and how things were in the beginning. And then they released Resident Evil 0, where you learned a little bit about the Umbrella Corps and how Wesker got involved in the Birkin and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... What's funny about Resident Evil Zero is that you revisit the police station and everything, and uh, it's not very. 
when I this when I want to know more about prequel and stuff, I kind of want more than one game. Uh, I felt like Resident Evil Zero when they discussed that, I was like, I'm intrigued about Umbrella Core, and mm-hmm. they really never go deep into it unless you play like uh, the Umbrella the the Umbrella games that came out later on. But they, I just wish they had more. <laughs> more on, yeah. on that yeah zero kind of fleshes that out more um i don't think you go to the police station in it though i think it's actually you get to that part after the sewers mm-hmm. that weird industrial area and then it leads you to like another lab or something yeah yeah that's that's what it is but um yeah uh i would also put code veronica in there with the original three because to me that's like the first four games are the ones that feel most like one another in terms of story and everything. Yeah, but even if, even if that's where it started to get a little weird, like with all the virus stuff and everything, and it was Code Veronica. Yeah, I. A lot of people don't include Code Veronica uh, in that for some strange reason. It's like the retarded, you know, step cousin or something. <laughs> it's a somewhat divisive game, mostly because of the characters and the story i think and uh some people get real hung up on how there's a couple parts in the game where you could like totally fuck your game up which yeah that sucks but i don't know <laughs> you gotta play it right <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta play it right it, but i've made that mistake too i think everybody's made that mistake that's played the game uh, at least once mm-hmm well that's what i miss about games is when they challenge you and put you know make you think like that's that's cool but like now like it's like hey you made a mistake you know what just go back to your checkpoint you're good (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's not as fulfilling Mm -hmm. all right moving on uh any good stories or journals and diaries that you thought were good in uh, resident evil 3 uh, the storage container guy is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> there's also this, I couldn't get over this. I don't know why I never thought about it before, but there is this fucking photo journalist in Raccoon City that has a big set of balls because he runs around and he takes close up pictures with a Polaroid camera <laughs> of zombies. <laughs> he runs back to his, his place of work and writes about it shit you find his photos through through the beginning of the game and it's all like up close photos of zombies on a polaroid and it's like the the aftermath of the barricade being broken it's like he stood right in the middle of the shit and took a picture and just bolted mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's there's more zombie shots it's like this guy has like a big set of balls he's just running around taking all these pictures and then you get to the the raccoon paper or whatever the hell the name of it is i can't remember you actually go to the office up there and i think you kill him uh, it's pretty inferred that you killed the guy like he just succumbed to the virus and you kill him <laughs> i don't know man he's a journalist he's doing his duties and making sure that people know what's going on that's that's what he said in his in his uh journal you find where he's like i'm pretty sure i'm infected but i don't care because i'm gonna make sure that this this knowledge gets out that somebody finds it and they'll make use i guess just Maybe she forgot about that part. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think they talked about Umbrella the, uh, part of this. They were just like, something's happening. People are turning into monsters. They're eating people. 
It's like, yeah, we, yeah, we know. <laughs> I think, well, the general public didn't really know about the Umbrella Link because that was part of like why uh, everybody kind of, it's more inferred than it is explicitly stated, but it's inferred that like everybody thought all the star members that survived the mansion incident were just crazy. They were just full of shit. <laughs> Nobody believed them. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so that's like the, the diary, like the file that you like the most is the yeah. cool. <laughs> um, what I thought was really interesting is that in Resident Evil 2, there was a mercenary log or diary and stuff. And in 3, you find the same mercenary diary. It goes through, like, the he talks about the most intensive training that happens. Uh, talks about, like, his vacation ending. And then all of a sudden, when shit hits the fan and all that stuff. Where he, the last one was September 28th, the undead walked the streets, feeding upon the flesh of the living. And uh, you find the the file off of the same dead mercenary <laughs> in the game. Yeah, that one was actually pretty pretty good. Uh, the the first mercenary file you find. Mm-hmm. And I I I was so amazed when this first came out. I was like, oh man, I remember this file. Holy shit, it's the police station. What the fuck is going on? Like, I thought that was really meta to me back then. And uh, that was cool. Uh, I do like the warehouse guy. He was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> um, Carlos, when you first meet him... I do like that there was like umbrella mercenaries. I thought that was pretty cool because it's like, oh, they're sending these mercenaries to quote unquote help people because that's what Carlos was saying is that he's helping people. But in reality, they were doing stuff. They were, you know, I think at one point uh, they were killing each other so that they can get a higher uh, payout pretty much. It's, it's explained in the game. Eventually, you find a file of like one of the guys. Uh, they're called supervisors. <laughs> and apparently, like, in the UBCS uh, unit, which is what the name of this whole squad of Umbrella guys that gets dropped in to save the people, mm -hmm. the guy, Carlos is a grunt. So as far as he knows, that's actually what they're doing, and he's operating off of that. He doesn't know about any of the supervisor shit. And, uh, but guys like Nikolai and some of the other people, you find out that they're supervisors and they're actually, uh, they're there to kill all the witnesses. And I think that even includes the UC, UBCS guys. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're killing the witnesses, gathering all the files and gathering combat data. And Nikolai gets the idea of, oh, well, if I kill everybody, then they'll be they'll they'll have no choice but to give me all the money <laughs> which is like it's it's part of this game i kind of thought was a little lame I, I don't think the story is as good in this game as it is even the previous two yes even the first game um i don't know what you think about that but <laughs> well the mercenaries are just mercenaries like you know they're always gonna be greedy when it comes to money um well, well, Carlos isn't fighting for money. No, he's 
He's a good guy. He's a good boy. <laughs> He's a good boy, yeah. <laughs> but, like, to me, like, it, it just seems like they recycled a bit from the first game, which is there's a guy in a squad who is a secret traitor asshole. He's a secret asshole. Mm-hmm. And he decides to screw over the others for his own purpose. That's, that's the plot of Resident Evil 1. Yeah, and I just... I just think that they were just trying to show that Umbrella is just evil. So yeah. when you're part of this organization, you don't know who's good and who's bad and what their intentions are. And I, I th- pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And that, I guess that's why Jill was like being like, Oh, you work for Umbrella? Those fucks? Like they're the reason why we're having this problem here. And, uh, yeah. And Carlos is like, no, we, we helping people. And he's like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right, kid. <laughs> you ain't doing shit. <laughs> Even the fact that they have that unit is like, it's kind of, it's dual purpose. Like, it's supposed to look like on the face of it. It's like, oh, they're they're there to help. But in reality, it's it's just to make them look good. It's not even necessarily like for that, that yeah. reason. It's all the goodness of her heart. No, it's a publicity stunt. And mm. it, it has a hidden compartmentalized purpose to it, even. Yeah, and uh, you see why. I mean, as as the games go by, you see what the fuck Umbrella is doing <laughs> to the point where Africa is like fucking uh, just District Nine, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Moving on to, is there any personal stories you want to tell about Resident Evil Three that uh, was personal to you when you played it? Um. Do you have any? I'm trying to think right now. I mean, I have me almost shitting my pants, you know, when I'm <laughs> Resident Evil 3. Uh, I mean, when Nemesis started popping up. Okay. <laughs> I just remember being scared out of my mind and not used to something chasing me uh, throughout the whole game. Like, when he first popped out, I'm like, oh, he's like Mr. X. He's just going to go away and <laughs> at some point. But it's like, no, you're fighting this guy all the way to the end. And I think what I what I really liked about uh, personally was when I got the choice to, to run away or fight the thing, and I always ran away. <laughs> I I guess I do have a personal story about this game, but it doesn't really have to do with the game itself. It's weird. Okay, go for it. It's like okay, so like I know you just said like, oh, Nemesis scared the hell out, of me. but like I think I'm weird or maladjusted a little bit because that didn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> none of these scary games really bother me that much i actually get excited by playing shit like this <laughs> i don't know why i just do but um i always kind of thought that this game like i i did kind of rag on the story a little bit but i always thought there were some pretty good lines in it mm-hmm. like uh some of the, like uh, we were talking about that mercenary's diary is actually pretty re- well written and uh there was, like, the intro for this game, like, when Jill's doing her monologue, I always liked that part. hmm And then there's, like, uh, that scene where she, like, uh, gets out of the hotel or the apartment complex or whatever that is. And does, like, a barrel roll. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then she, like, runs out there and she just runs the warehouse and then she does, like, the it just does, like, cold, like, snap to black. And she's, like, September 28th, daylight. Like, she's typing on the typewriter. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I always liked that part, but that turned into like a meme with uh, some of my friends where every day, er, not every day, every year when it's September 28th, one of us texts to each other September 28th daylight. <laughs> because, And we, we do it every year without fail. We've done it. That's fucking it's awesome. Like, it's like a weird race to see who does it first. <laughs> I think I think he did it first last year. I was like, fuck. So you got to take the meme to the next level and get a typewriter and oh, and do oh, a man, video. I, I thought about buying a typewriter style keyboard for my computer. They have them. <laughs> you could have got the $700 fucking collector's edition of uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake with the typewriter keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, yeah. I mean, it looks good, but it's unnecessary. <laughs> you get like the one thousand dollar Devil May Cry Five with Dante's jacket. That's a, that's a thing. I don't think it's a thousand dollars. I don't know what the actual money value of, but yes, that's a thing. I I hope you get to pick your size. Imagine it's like, oh, you're fat as fuck. Well, guess what? You're getting a large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? It might be like one size fit all. It is a big ass trench coat, though. So. I don't know. <laughs> Can't wear that in schools, people. It's banned. Oh. Uh, I think I don't go to school anymore. Yeah, fuck school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's all the personal story. I think your personal story was way better than me shitting my pants. I didn't really shit my pants, but if you want to make fun of me saying that I did, okay, go. Go for it. Bully you me. Said, you just said, no, fuck it. I, I, I really did shit my pants. Shit came out of my ass, and I sat <laughs> in it for like a minute. <laughs> Not even a minute. The whole game smelled whole like game. smelled like shit. I'm scared, but I can't put it down. I, <laughs> I have to keep going. Yeah, I think with me, I get anxiety playing these horror games, but I want to play it because I want to know it. Like what's what comes next? Like Outlast. I don't know if you ever played Outlast. Not yet. It's terrifying because you don't have any weapons or. Um, you're just constantly running and hiding. Like it sounds like amnesia. Yeah, except your only sight is through a camera. <laughs> a camera night vision thing. And there's a part where you break your camera. But anyway, um, I've always just got scared because I never know where the pop-outs are. But when once you do find out where the pop-outs are, you kind of get used to it. So I usually have to go through the game first so that I know where everything is, and then I could replay them a thousand times. So that's how I handle uh, scary games. And that's with me in horror movies, too. Like, I like horror movies because I'm not playing it, so I could watch it, but I do get scared at jump scares. Oh, don't get me wrong. I do get, like, tension that builds. Like, I get the, I get the atmosphere will affect me, and I'll get tension, but, like, I never get, like, scared by anything. It's just, like, or I'll, I'll get jump scared... Everybody's susceptible to that, mm -hmm. but my jump scare tolerance is so high though. Only a few ever actually get me anymore. It's, it's rare, but when it gets me, I'm like, "Oh, they got me!" And I actually congratulate them for it because it, that's that's a rare occurrence. <laughs> but you you ever play Silent Hill? Actually, I don't think we've ever talked about that game with me and you. Yeah, I played Silent Hill one, two, and three, and then I stopped. And then you stopped. Like, I was just curious because we're talking about this, we're talking about horror games. I just, I don't I didn't know if you ever actually played any or not. Has Andy ever played Silent Hill? 
Um, not on his own. Me, I helped him play through the first game one time, and he 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 liked it. And now he has Silent Hill two, uh, and he wants to start at some point, but he hasn't yet. Well, he has to get through Resident Evil two, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, we still have to do that. Yeah, because I'm thinking maybe down in the future we we could try Silent Hill games. <laughs> yeah, I love well the first four Silent Hill games anyway. Love <laughs> yeah, there's some like new ones that I kind of want to do, even though I know they're terrible because of what people say. But then again, when the internet started coming out and everything, I don't know what is good or bad anymore. Sometimes the bad games are good. Sometimes the good games are bad. Vice versa. Yada yada. Yeah. Alright, let's move to the next section. Now, this next section I told I stole from the uh, movie Resident Evil Apocalypse, where where the guy screams, "We don't need weapons, we need evacuation." Because <laughs> there was a scene where uh, the helicopter comes and like, "Oh look, it's rescue," and then it drops like a crate of weapons, and then he, he gets pissed. <laughs> I remember that part. Yeah. yeah. And then the next part, you see Resident Evil uh, nemesis and stuff. Uh, the uh, the first question: Who do you prefer to play as? Since there are like no scenarios, uh, scenarios, but you get to play as Carlos at some part of the game. So who do you prefer to play as? Uh, Jill. Yeah, and I'm gonna say the same thing, Jill. <laughs> the Carlos just, thing was boring. She's just a better protagonist. Mm-hmm. And badass and sexy. It's 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 really a. She, in this game, she is a really good protagonist because it's like, you play as her in the first game, but she's kind of a blank slate in that game. Mm-hmm. And that writing and the delivery don't help much and <laughs> in you, terms of endearing your, herself to you naturally. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Like, uh, in, Res- in Resident Evil 1, Jill, like, she's so innocent. But, like, in Resident Evil 3... She's she's seen some shit, so she's like all you know badass and stuff compared to Resident Evil One. Yeah, you really get that feeling. I think a different voice actress would have helped with that a lot. Like when you play remake, mm-hmm. you play as Jill. It feels like, oh yeah, she has experience. She, she's been in police. She's been in the military or whatever. You you can buy that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, in Resident Evil Three, it does. You buy like. She's seen some shit, and she knows she's one of the only people that actually knows what's going on, and she knows what she has to do. So it's like you feel you you feel like cool when you play as her. It's like I'm playing as the only person that actually knows what fucks up. I know what's up. It makes you think that in turn. You think she retired from stars? Uh, I, <laughs> they don't exist. Any, that that branch doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so because she was home, uh, I, I don't think she works anymore. She didn't. Uh, she wasn't like in uniform. She was just in a fucking tube top. Yeah, the the war, the wardrobe choice was odd for that adventure, but whatever. It's Japanese. <laughs> what? Yeah. They probably thought it looked cool. That was it. Cool and sexy. Put it in there. <laughs> I think I think that like they weren't really working at at the office anymore at that point though. They were kind of like just begrudgingly would show up for work once in a while, and they'd be like, "Man, fuck this! Like, let's just leave." So Chris left. And you know what's funny? Like, you don't see Jill until pretty much uh, Resident Evil fucking 5 where she has a bug on her chest. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Did Wesker decide, hey, you defeated fucking Nemesis, so I'm going to kidnap you? <laughs> You're the... 
like you you are the i, I guess if you're gonna compare in the movies that she's like the alice like so powerful Ugh. resident Evil five fuck <laughs> oh man i can't we're, can't we're, can't wait until we get there <laughs> we're gonna get there god what, what do you what do you have it for by the way uh i have it for ps4 do you... I recommend I recommend you getting it for PS4 if you don't have it actually because that's a good version. Do you want to co-op it? Uh, see, I said like I don't want to play that again because I beat it last year. Uh, and like I actually like it. I turned the corner on it. I like it as a game now, but mm. there's there's still things about it I really don't like, especially in terms of the story and everything. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be good content to fucking rage while we play it. It would be. I guess I could, I could play it. You 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 could probably you probably just talked me into it. I I could do it. Cool. Nice. <laughs> for for footage sake at least. Mhm. All right, cool. All right, moving on to the next uh question. What is your favorite boss? And I think we're probably going to have similar. So, what is your favorite? Well, since there's really only two is Nemesis. Do you like the uh, the final phase of Nemesis, or just vanilla than uh, Nemesis? Uh, to me, the final phase of Nemesis is the least threatening because he just turns into like a blob. <laughs> yeah. Because like the fight before that, it's like kind of it's kind of an interesting fight where you have to like shoot out these little valves that spray like this. I guess it sprays fucking acid on him or something. Mm-hmm. And like. You do this a few times, and as you do it, you notice, like, parts of his body melt off and stuff. And eventually, he just, like, turns into, like, a torso with legs. And he gets, like, dumped down, like, a weird garbage chute. And I think there's a file somewhere where it tells you, like, oh, there's, like, a solution at the bottom of this pit that breaks everything down. <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. And then, I guess because of that, it, it he in turn turns into a blob kind of like Merkin. he just took so much damage and mutates so much he just turned into a weird blob yeah and that i'm gonna have to go with vanilla nemesis because i felt like he was more threatening when he's chasing after you and shooting rockets at you compared to the blob which i guess uh could be threatening if somehow he could still shoot his rocket launcher while being a, a blob that would be pretty funny and interesting that'd be impressive <laughs> Yeah, he just, you know, has a little uh, muscle that the blob, you know, hits the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on. Um, I think we kind of touched on this, but we'll say the question again. What's your favorite part of the game? Oh, um, favorite part of the game. Oh, I guess I really like playing the part. I like running through the city that's really cool that they expanded on like the city you got to see a lot of it mm -hmm. uh, i really i really like that part of the game where you're running the city but i also like playing in the clock tower it, it's it feels like a very resident evil location yes um i'm gonna have to go at the beginning of the game uh i think when we get further in the game i think clock tower is cool uh and then when you get deeper and deeper I was like, oh, you know, they always have to advance from going from one to just another outlandish thing that you just end up being in. Like in Resident Evil 2, you were from a police station to a sewer to a ba uh, uh, to a basement to a sewer and then to a fucking laboratory that's underground. And they kind of do that in this one, but 
you feel the depth of the city compared to what Resident Evil 2 was. Like, Resident Evil 2, um, are you familiar with the, uh, well, you, you're probably familiar, the, the movie The Shining with Jack Nicholson? Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. You notice how, like, the, the mansion, uh, or the hotel, I should say, um, it felt different on how they were shooting things? Like, yeah, that, that place felt enormous in mm-hmm. that movie. It kind of felt like that in Resident Evil 2, where uh, when you transition from the police station to the basement to the sewer to the laboratory, it felt like you were somewhere you're descend- different. Yeah, you're some- descending, pretty much. Yeah, and in Resident Evil 3, it kind of expands that a little bit. Like, you're going throughout a whole city and then a whole section and stuff. Like, it got bigger and bigger compared to Resident Evil 2. Yeah, you're expanding in that one. You, you run around through the city. You take a, a trolley car, a, a tram. I, I don't know how far. I'm, I'm assuming on the edge of town. Mm-hmm. And end up in a weird clock tower. And then you run through more of the city and you go through a park. And... Then you end up in a weird factory. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, so I really liked the beginning because I wanted to search the streets. And I got a lot of nostalgia from seeing the police station again. So I'm going to have oh, to yeah. go with that. Oh, I do want to say one thing. Okay. we're talking about parts of the game. Um, I have a part of this game I don't really care for that much. And it's actually the factory. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> It just felt kind of flat to me, like for like the end of the game, you know, Mm -hmm. like after everything you do and go everywhere you go, it's like real interesting to run around through the city. The clock tower is really cool because it reminds you a lot of the mansion and like the police station and shit. Um, And then the park, that's just an odd place to be. It feels, but it's cool. And then it's like in this weird, dirty factory that doesn't even come close to like the levels of weirdness like that you get when you're in the labs like in the first and second game. Didn't term oh no, didn't Terminator 1 ended in the factory? <laughs> it it did. And so did 2. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Maybe they were still following that Terminator thing. Maybe. That's interesting. Cuz I was like cuz Every action film that I think of ends in some type of factory. Like the the Chucky film, I think uh, Child's Play Two ends in like a Toy Story fa- uh, toy uh, factory. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the Terminator ones that end in a the factory. They always end in somewhere that is like a location that is closed for the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. So maybe that's what they were going. Maybe they were, they were tired of doing like, oh, every game needs to end in like some secret lavatory, and let's do something different. Let's do it in a factory. That's fine. I just I, I feel like it could have been executed better. Maybe it just it felt kind of flat and it felt really short, like that part of the game did. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, when they do three make, maybe they could expand on the factory or make it better or something. Maybe, or maybe. Yeah. Uh, be like it's an umbrella secret factory it's or like, that it's a factory but it's a fake factory and there's a lab underneath that factory mm-hmm. and uh 
after he beat the blob nemesis, he becomes another phase. <laughs> he goes into a robot. I don't <laughs> he turns into a super nemesis. He remutates. And then, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're just pulling fucking shit out of our ass at this point. Yeah. Um, What is your favorite weapons in the game? Oh, uh, I like the grenade launcher in this one because it's, it's more versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, it acts a little differently from the one and two. Like, the explosive rounds are just a straight shot, kind of like how they are in the first game. They don't scatter anymore. It feels a little weaker, though. Yeah. Um, the flame rounds and stuff are still good. But then you can also get freeze rounds or cryo rounds. I can't remember which way it, it's called. Um, they're kind of rare, and you, you don't just pick them up. There's one po point where I think you do pick up a little stack of them, and I think it's when you kill Nemesis one time when you're playing hard. Uh -huh. um, but like, there's not very many in the game because you have to use the gunpowder C to... Uh, Mix it with, uh, I think, grenade rounds. And C powder is kind of hard to get a hold of, usually. I think you have to mix A and Bs to make Cs, and I think you need, like, a couple Cs to even do that. Yeah, I really never messed with, like, the mixing of this. So usually when I just get the grenade launcher uh, uh, grenades, I'm just like, fuck it, I'm just going to launch it. <laughs> yeah, like... That's something interesting about this game, actually, uh, is the ammo reloading, the reloading tool and stuff like that. Because <clears throat> there's a few different ways you could... It's actually, in a way, it's like a hidden progression system. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was able to show it off in my stream where, like, if you reload enough of certain gunpowders, like A's or B's, like A's make handgun rounds, B's make shotgun shells. And you can make magnum rounds with it, but you need to combine three C's together, and that takes a while. Um, but, like, eventually what happens is after you make so many of the A's or B's, at least, you can you can start producing, like, enhanced ammo, which I guess is just casings that have more powder in them. Mm -hmm. uh, which is, like, you, so you reload your own ammo enough, and you come a little ballsy, and you're like, oh, I'm going to load these a little hotter now. Yeah, you can, you're <laughs> going to get fucked. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. So eventually you can do that and it really enhances the, the power of your guns, the ones that can use them anyway. Yeah, the the crafting system of the, the bullets and uh, the ammo and stuff were interesting. And in 2, I believe they expanded it. Well, they went from 2 and 3. They ex both expanded in having custom parts for your handguns and your weapons. Like, you know, they had the different stock for a shotgun, uh in Resident Evil 2, the Matilda, you get to have all that, you know, burst fire and the stock for that. And yeah, I, the, it's interesting. Okay. That's all I was going to say. It's interesting. And I liked it. It had a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. The only thing they didn't really carry over from that was how eventually you could just make better ammo, mm -hmm. which I was kind of hoping that it would be in the game, but it's not. So, but um, it's not a big deal. It's, it would have been nice. Maybe in this, the three make, we'll, we'll have it again. The three make. I love it. <laughs> We're going to make that a meme. Three make. Get ready for the three make. Uh, my favorite weapons are the STI Eagle 
Mm-hmm. It's a fucking desert eagle with a scope. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, the assault rifle I thought was pretty good um, because I did play back then on easy mode <laughs> because I'm a bitch. Oh, I do like the assault rifle, actually. Yeah, shout out to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought the shotgun was really good, too. Uh, never got to do the Western Custom, so... I love that thing. Actually, that's probably going to be my other favorite weapon, is that, that shotgun. Yeah, and then they also had the Gatling gun, but Gatling gun takes too much time. Winding yeah, that shit up. Gotta play a bunch of mercenaries to get it anyway. Yep. Yeah, and that's uh, my that's my favorite weapons. What was your best rank in this uh, game? Oh... See, I can't really remember. Uh, man, I don't even remember what I got when I just beat it. I think it was kind of average, though, because I had a lot of saves. What, like an A? No, I, it was probably like a B or something, or C even, because I had a lot of saves, and I used first aid sprays. Mm -hmm. And I think this playthrough was a little slow, because uh, it had been a long time since I played Resident Evil 3 up to this point. I think it actually might have been about 10 years damn yeah it's been a while i've been trying to be a good boy and play like my entire backlog of video games more <laughs> i made myself promise like several uh, several years ago now like i need to quit replaying resident evil and metal gear solid and silent hill it's taking up all my fucking time <laughs> i need to play all these games i buy and i never play them Kind of off topic a little bit. Uh, I've been working on my backlog. I actually made a picture. I'll probably post it on the video here. But you know how like skill trees are in games? Yeah. Well, I made a skill tree of all my backlog games. So if I do all the Devil May Cries, I get to buy a new game um, and add it to my <laughs> to my list. So I have to beat like five games in order to get a new game. Um, you, you gamified your your game your game collecting. Yep, <laughs> that's funny. Because it's actually kind of cool though. That's a pretty good idea. Because it's a re reward system to me. Because it, here was my problem with games. I would go, oh man, everybody's playing this on Twitch, and uh, my friends are like, oh, we're gonna play this game, and then you buy it, you play it for the first two weeks that it's like uh, popular, and you never finish it. And then you just yep. put it in the back burner. And I just kept on buying games. And now I have over 300 games. <laughs> Ooh, That's... I wish I still had just 300. Well, it, <laughs> most of it's digital because of Steam. Oh, yeah, Steam. Yeah, you may as well count Steam as its own category. Mm-hmm. So my thing is I'm going to defeat these games in order to get a new game. So, like, there's games like Left Alive, uh, Sekiro, and all that stuff. Instead of me just going, I want to go buy it. I have to beat a certain amount of games in order to buy it. So it's kind of yeah. re rewarding in a way. It's like my unlockable. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's good, actually. I might, I might steal that idea. But, like, me, me and Andy were, used to be doing this thing called, uh, it was called, did you ever have something like in, when you're in grade school, middle school, accelerated reader? Like a, summer school reading list kind of it wasn't really like no it, it would be something they run during the school year and for us anyway it seems like the, it depends on where you lived at like what state um uh, new york was here, stupid <laughs> well some people might say west virginia is stupid too 
<laughs> but like uh, uh, for us, what they would do, like this came in in middle school for me. It was like a program, I think, designed to encourage reading. Mm-hmm. And it, it was mandatory. You had to participate. There was a reading class that was set aside just for this. Um, and it was like, you would take like a test and they would tell you like, oh, this is your reading level. Like you could have a sixth grade reading level or you could have like a third grade reading level or a 11th grade reading level. Um, and that would determine like what kind of books you could read and check out. And the thing was, you had a certain amount of points you had to get uh, before the month the, or something. I think it was monthly. Mm-hmm. And your your cap that you had to meet, it, it depended on your reading level. So if you had a good reading level, you had to get more points, but the books were worth more. You could read like The Hobbit and it would be worth like 30 points. Or you could read Sea uh, Spot Run and get five points because you can't read. Nice, that's interesting. That was really mean what I just said, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I I tested good, so I always got to read better books. That's just the way I saw it. <laughs> That's interesting. We should we should create a. I mean, I know you and Andy already did like a system. You you, you said you were doing with games, but um... yeah, we didn't have like a monthly thing. What we did originally, the idea behind it was. I know this is like a huge tangent off of off of this, but. <laughs> it's all right it's it's interesting i think but um like it was kind of a gentleman's agreement and it was a way for us to get through our backlogs and it actually did help um we all played more games because of it and i'll oh, go ahead i was gonna say we should come up with a system where me you and andy uh play our backlogs we could just use that like I, I, this will be the end of it i swear because i feel like this went on a little bit but like um <laughs> basically it was like you, you play your games and you cross-reference it with uh, how long to beat, you know, that website that tells you how long games are and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you log your time accordingly to, like, how you beat the game. And at the end of the year, whoever had the most hours logged, they, they won for that year. And the losers would have to buy, chip in and buy them a game. Nice. Yeah. I won last year, though, because Andy got a house and was renovating so i kind of won by default (laughs) (laughs) so you capitalized yeah all right cool yeah keep an eye out (laughs) for some backlog yeah maybe who knows life sometimes gets in a way but uh they had to to take the place of us talking about rank because i just don't remember (laughs) yeah my i'm i've always been (laughs) this is a good this is a wrestling term but uh, an average B plus player. <laughs> I've been C plus about that. I've been about about backlog anyway. In Resident Evil, I'm probably uh, B, A minus. Mm-hmm. A minus. Yeah, I was trying to do the whole Daniel Bryan B plus player promo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was our rank and our side tangent about backlog games. Uh, moving on to our final countdown. Now, if anybody remembers in the last uh, four episodes or, or three now, um, we've been ranking all our games, me and Zach. We're going through all 13 from 1 to 13. And Zach right now has uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake at number 2, 
uh, Resident Evil 3, uh, I mean, wait, number three is Resident Evil 2 1998, and then at number five he has Resident Evil 1. Where do you put Resident Evil 3? I'm going to put it at four right now. Oh. Hmm. He's typing it I'm right typing. now. Typey type. <laughs> Typey type. So he's putting it at the number four spot. All right. My list so far is at number two, I have the Resident Evil 2 remake. At number three, I have the Resident Evil 2 1998. And at Resident Evil 1, I have at the seventh spot. I am putting Resident Evil 3 at the number one spot. Damn, it's your favorite. Mm hmm. I hate Google. God damn it, Google. There you go. I'm just going to do it. It's going to look weird, but whatever. I kept inventing that for some reason. Mm hmm. Oh, I think you just tipped your hand. You really typed four. <laughs> typed four at first. No, not yet. I'm not a, I'm not a four lover. I, <laughs> I will talk about this in depth, but I respect four uh, for what it was. It was a good game, but it, I don't consider it a Resident Evil game. Spoiler alert. I think it's a damn good game. It's an excellent game, but it's it's definitely divisive and, and weird. You can definitely see the fork in the road that was happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that game, honestly. It's probably one of my favorite games, but it is... it is. There's a bunch of baggage that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that after we get through um, fucking Code Veronica and we do the Resident Evil 1 uh hd and then we do resident evil zero yep hey where's survivor coming is that later i'm actually gonna look at that right now let me uh go to google we could maybe do an entry on survivor by itself but at the same time it's so short i think you were talking about lumping all the weird offshoot games in in one yeah i think i have that somewhere in the um bad section of it (laughs) quote bad yeah i mean i love it because it's fucking quick and it's stupid yeah so this is how we have it we have one more uh part in the birth episode which is code veronica x uh Mm -hmm. the next episode is the remake uh episode where no no we already did that one (laughs) that's resident Evil 2 then the rebirth that's when they had the resident evil 1 remake and then Resident Evil Zero. And then I have yep. the, the bad episode where I have Resident Evil Survivor, The Outbreaks, and Dead Aim. Uh, so that's where we put everything together. Because okay. Outbreak and Dead Aim, I... Dead Aim I played once. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? It's kind of odd, but I remember liking it. I <laughs> have not played it since it was brand new, though. Are you going to replay it? Oh, yeah. I'm going to play it. I'm probably going to stream it, too, because it's such a weird game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very weird. And then after the bad, we have the Action Pact, where we have Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6, which we will do separately. It's not going to be like the bad episode, where it's just one big episode. No, each of those games is a fucking full entry on its own. Mm-hmm. For better or worse. Now, I, this is going to be up to you, because I think we could have both of these be in the same episode uh but the flashback episode where uh, you play the resident Evil revelations pretty much do you think that deserves a one and a two or should we just put them together uh 
you know, I, I'm not real sure. Uh, I think you could do separate entries for them because they are full length games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not really like these uh, quote bad ones that we're doing. Like survivors, you could you could beat it in three hours or yeah. something, and then you could probably beat it even faster. Um, the outbreak games are really odd duck. We can't really play them how they're meant to be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll, they'll be more like probably like a footnote. And it, it's a quick mention, pretty much. Yeah, and Survivor is I, not Survivor. Uh, dead um, aim. De- dead aim. Yeah. Dead Aim, I don't remember being that long, actually. I think it might be average length for a Resident Evil game. I think it was like a two-hour game. Ah, may, yeah, maybe. I feel like it was shorter. Like, it might be four hours or something. Mm-hmm. All, all three of those games are kind of weird and short, or they have odd circumstances attached to them. And neither of us have played Gaiden, so we can't talk about it, really. Yeah, we could just say this was a thing. <laughs> this is Gaiden. It looks cool. It's like the zombies punch you like in Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. So that was our, uh, ranking pretty much. And that's what you guys will be expecting for the future of the nemesis project. Uh, to catch the nemesis project, we are on YouTube on game general general game journal. Uh, if you go on youtube.com and you go to the search bar and you see game journal it's like a circle logo it's blue and it says game journal on it click on that that's where you can catch all our video so if you want to see gameplay and me uh, putting in pictures in there of you know stuff that we talk about go there but if you just want to listen it to your car uh, we are on Podbean. If you go to novnetwork.podbean.com, we're on there. We're also on iTunes. If you search for Nerd of View uh, Network, and we're officially on Spotify now. Uh, so if you go to Spotify and you type in Nerd of uh, Nerd of View Network, we are there. That's where we have the Nemesis Project, uh, Escape from SideQuest, and Big Trouble Little Podcast. Escape from SideQuest is a uh, video game podcast with me and Andy, and then we have a movie podcast, which is Big Trouble in Little Podcast, uh, which we are doing a ranking uh, segment of all the Planet of the Apes movies. So, oh, pretty cool. We did the first one uh, last episode. Um, I guess until next time, uh, we are going to be doing Code Veronica X. So next week you'll uh by the time you're listening to this uh it's already been two weeks (laughs) so uh, i don't know why i'm saying this but usually we do bi-weekly when we record things so we record it then we take a week off and i do the editing and then i release it and then then the following week uh we record and stuff so you know rinse and repeat is there any final things uh are you working on any projects zach besides playing uh Resident Evil games, any other streaming you're going to be doing? Uh, I'm still just streaming RE right now. Uh, there is potential for me to stream something a little different just to break it up, probably after Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that one next because now that we hammered out where Survivor is actually going to go, I can kind of like hold off on it. Yeah. Just for the sake of changing it up because I streamed it earlier one time. It was really funny. <laughs> it was great. I was really enjoying it. Yep. 
Me, on the other hand, I already talked about all the podcasts I'm going to be working about. I have other projects that I am planning, but I'm not going to say it yet. Uh, I'm probably going to save that for another day or another episode. Um, Streaming-wise, I've been streaming Division 2, trying to get to level 30. And uh, I think I'll be streaming some Code Veronica and Resident Evil Zero. <laughs> Zero, huh? Yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite uh, games. Uh, they're all my fucking favorite. What am I? Zero is really? That's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty high up there. Huh. Compared to the others. Most people don't really hold it in that high regard. I just like the uniqueness of uh, the train and um, the leeches and the monkeys are the ones that really fucking bother me. The monkeys. Those, mon- yeah, those monkeys are kind of unsettling. <laughs> just like i can't you go into a room and you're just getting fucking gang raped pretty much by monkeys rage monkeys <laughs> yeah but anyway we're gonna end this episode just uh, be prepared for code veronica x and that is the final part of the birth episodes before we move on to the uh the rebirth of resident evil 1 remake and resident evil 0 until next time guys see you later peace